Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number four of Trends and Tings. It's a very special edition today. No Scotty, he's away. But we welcome the lovely Amilla in the studio today. Amilla, welcome to the potty. Why, hello, thank you. It's a brand spanking new one. Apologies all you loyal five listeners out there. <laughs> we basically did not have a podcast last week. Um, but we are back this week. We do have an F next week. Scotty will be back. We're doing a bit of a review of the year. But for now, Emila, how are you? Welcome. It's so good to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a nice, heartwarming, healing thing for me to be here today. Healing? To, yeah. you know, solving multiple problems. Just well, it's, just, it's nice to see you, Gord. Oh, it has been a while. It has <laughs> been a bit of a while. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Emila and I met through a co-working space uh, when our businesses were, you know, simmering away here in Sydney um, and it's been what a couple of years now since we've sort of known each other and you met Scott yeah. at one of the part like the parties of your, or something it was one of your like after work farewell oh. drinks I think and then um, Scott and I pretended to be soap artists <laughs> and we talked about our soap sculpting styles and methods for about half an hour um, total bullshit. Total, of course. I mean, it makes sense because you, you, there's two people who talk a lot of shit. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. they put them in one room and yeah. that's what the result is. Yeah. Talking about soap. So we welcome you, soap artist. Um, <laughs> but basically, look, let's get cracking. Um, you know, normally as we have every episode, uh, we have two main segments to kick it off. And the first one's Mad Ting. So basically Mad Ting, for those of you listening for the first time, it's basically, uh, you know, a, a good moment or something that really stood, stood out for us in the past week. Um, or in this case, two weeks, um, and really is something that we thought is important to us uh, or important to you, and you sort of wanted to mention it and talk about it. So, Amila, it's your debut on the potty. What's your what's your mad ting? Yeah, so when I knew I had to uh, come up with this mad ting, I was a little bit concerned because uh, my last week um, hasn't been the greatest. Mm. So uh, what I'm going to put to you is quite a bad ting. Bad ting. You're going to change it. Your first episode, you're going to just change the format. <laughs> just, just rip it up. <laughs> um, look, no, it's a bad thing that, that found its way into a mad thing. Oh, I love it. It's this, a transformation. It's a character arc. Yeah. Within a, within a week and a half. Within a week. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Hit me. What is it? So, um, so I've, I've been through a breakup in the last week, mm-hmm. um, which is never easy. Uh, pretty, pretty shitty feelings um, for a lot of that week. But... For me, the mad thing that's come out of that is, um, I guess, you know, when you break up and then all of a sudden you have that outpouring of like love and support from mm. your family and from your friends and people are just kind of there for you. So like the, the night that it happened, I had four friends who came over to my house. We're just like hanging out. One of my mates did my dishes and danced, danced around in my living room. <laughs> Um, like wearing, you know, a rug and like a sun hat that I had. Amazing. So it was just like, he was like, I don't know how to do emotional support. <laughs> so I'm going to do your dishes and entertain you. And it was like, you know, it's what I really mm. needed at the time. So that was nice. Um, I also did this crazy thing where I decided to tell my parents about being non-monogamous. Oh, this is a big thing for you. We've talked about this before, obviously, yeah. but you've actually, it's a... It's a reveal to the parents. How did that go down with them? Confusingly Conf- well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly, there's no way in hell I could have anticipated my mum's um, almost lack of reaction, to mm. be honest. Um, so, yeah, that, I, 
you know, it, it also is a weird thing to do it like after after a breakup. Yeah. Like actually, you know, here's this as well. Here's this as well. Here's a bit of extra info. Um, but yeah, that that was again a surprisingly mad thing that my mum mm. did not get mad in the bad way. <laughs> yes. Um, Love that. Yeah. So that was great. And then yeah, another really awesome thing actually. Um, oh, two two other awesome things. Mm. One, I learned to play a Spanish card game called Briscola. Okay. Um, I think everyone should get around this. Okay. It's Briscola. Briscola. What's I don't this? like cards. Yeah. It's like... Normal deck of cards? Nah, so you've got to get this, like, special... Okay, who the fuck's got the time to buy some... Dude, it's worth bougie it. You get the Briscola app. Briscola app okay, on your phone. Okay, that's now... We're in business now. Yeah. Okay, so you get this app or you somehow find the courage to go to the <laughs> Spanish markets. You I pick guess. up a... Is it like a set of cards or... Mm. Yeah. So, And what is the rough premise? So it's, it's basically like... Um, You've got to like put cards out on the table. Each person takes turns, and if your card beats the other person's card, you get to keep them. Okay. And then you count it all up at the end, and you want to have like the highest number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know what this is not going to translate well because <laughs> no one's going to understand. How Everyone's to play the game. like, what? not going to explain it. But you know, I hate card games or like i've never enjoyed them mm. and i have got around this one really quickly and the, pr- the premise sounds stupid but the fact that you're mentioning it yeah. and you're not a card lover yeah must maybe it's worth a, a look into so what is it what is it called again briscola briscola, briscola. search it find it <laughs> give it as a, a secret santa gift to your yeah. friends this christmas yeah. there you go cool Good ideas yeah anything else that was your, on your matting list oh uh, my last my last mad team that i loved was that I went to um a zine launch last week oh yeah so my mate Estelle I'll give her a quick, quick plug. shout out yeah she's love that. um uh, at Estellatron 5000 oh on Instagram uh but she did a comic um for a zine called meet me in the pit that mm-hmm. was also issue number four oh it's meant four. to be mm-hmm. um yeah so she did this comic uh in that zine that was about it's like a shout out uh, to the memories of the big day out oh that's cool yeah it was really Fair awesome back good throwback so like all of the different comics in the zine are like looking at um ad- engaging with music in a different way mm. so that was pretty sweet. amazing some cool people sounds good well i mean it sounds like it's been a yes roller coaster of roller emotions coaster and of things emotions, yeah but it sounds like plenty of mad things amongst a few bad things a good transformational yeah. sort of week yeah by the sense of it. i think so amazing thank you god no you're yeah. welcome yeah how about you uh uh, look, my oh my mad thing for the week was something over the last weekend that came up. So it's not really a you know it was more of a reflection than than anything else. But you know I was out in Newy Newcastle, God's country, as they say, um, for a mate's birthday over the last weekend, and you know it was great. The birthday was good. It was pretty messy, as you expect. No no surprises there. But I think you know the thing for me was that you know I've I've realized that you know especially now coming towards the end of the year you naturally start to get into reflective mode and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just find real, really good value in sort of like changing your scenery. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like 100%. In, and I think it's like, you know, we get so caught up in like the rat race, office, you know, whatever. And we don't, you know, often have the ability. It's And it's hard, right? You can't just pick up and, you know, drive for three hours every weekend to, to somewhere. The same way you can't get a flight or just change it up all the time. But I do really rate this idea of like, you know, maybe once a month or even, you know, if you, if you can afford to do it once a fortnight or something where you change it up, whether it be in a work capacity. For me, this was good to just, you know, switch off, 
clock off for a bit. I took my laptop expecting to do work, but didn't actually always do any work. Yeah. Which happens pretty much 95% of the time. Yeah. But it was good to just switch it up. You know, my girlfriend and I went for a you know, walk across the sort of beaches across Nui. Um, you know, got like in a great acai bowl. It was fucking top oh, notch. Nice. Um, we Nui's we really kind of they're like, stepping up. Yeah. They're stepping up. I mean, look, I, there was one point where we went to the to get some food to get this acai bowl, and we got like a breakfast burrito. <laughs> and the guy after us also got a breakfast burrito, but he got a vegan one. Uh-huh. And when we um, our names got called out, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, they gave me the vegan one. But I only realized when I had left the premises. So I think I may have just <laughs> made, made, made like John the vegan. He might not be vegan anymore. He's going to be like, this is great. This, bake, this fake like, bacon. Wow, this is so realistic. <laughs> so they make it like this. He's going to go back to the cafe every week. <laughs> So oh, look, man. sorry, John, John the vegan John from the from vegan. Newey, but um, Hi, yeah, um, look, overall, Mad Ting was ultimately that it was a really you know mm-hmm. good time, good wholesome time, and I very highly recommend it if you have the chance to change your scenery up, do it. It'll it'll change change your perspectives. I agree with that so hard. It's like I I very rarely give myself permission to just mm. not look at stuff or like not even be near my phone or my laptop, and it. Like I can do it when mm. I change change my location completely. Yeah. So I think everyone should do that. Should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's move into the next segment, which is what we're vibing again. For those of you who haven't listened to the potty, basically just stuff that we're really listening to, or vibing, or reading, or watching across entertainment. So Emila hit me up, I, and you know when I, when Scotty and I were talking about you know getting you on for the potty, we did chat about your exquisite taste for art. As a whole, so you know, I'm expecting big, exp- big things here. So you know, so let me know. Pressure. It's a bit of pressure. Pressure. But what is what? What are you vibing? What's on your radar of re- in recent weeks and, and days and stuff? Okay. So I've been, um, I've been sort of dabbling around, you know, as you do. Um, I don't know. I think it's something to do with all this smoke in the air, gods. Like, mm. I've been. Uh, kind of consuming a lot of a lot of uh proggy psychedelic post-rock yeah, kind of vibes perhaps. um just because it's got this Super. post-apocalyptic yeah i feel that yeah situation yeah. um so i have been listening um quite a bit to krungbin's new album mm-hmm. um which is a little bit old now it came out in july i think mm. um but i just didn't didn't clock it didn't clock it um and yeah that's been you know, it's super funky. It's mm. also like very chilled out, um, and that's been making me kind of feel better about life. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know anyone who's kind of into those like psychedelic funky vibes. Mm. Highly recommend. It's always interesting how when you go into sort of the music side of things, you think about like especially like post a breakup. You mm. know, like and everyone has obviously their different vibes and yeah. stuff you know so it's interesting to hear that like that's one of your you know especially on the back of it so i have this thing right like mm. i have an actual playlist called danger songs mm. um and that's where i put all of my triggers my tried and true mm. triggers like for when you're like out of a like in a dangerous time or post breakup specifically so it's or... kind of like if i like that list of songs is like each song kind of will attach to a particular thing that I want to be sad about. Yeah, okay, so that's if cool. So I want to really like dive, dive. Into you want to go the, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, that hole. Then I just put on my danger songs list, and it's all it's there. It's all there. It's all there for you. I have a danger songs list too. It's called <laughs> Linkin Park. Every song ever existed. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you know, I've been there, done that. But yeah. what else is on? Anything else that's been on your on your uh, radar? Queer Eye in Japan. Are you a Queer Eye. Person? I love Queer Eye. I love Queer. Eye. I haven't watched a Japan one yet. Yeah. Um, 
you know, because I need my queer iron doses. Um, you know, I can't do heaps. I can watch the se- the season, mm. and I can watch the episodes here and there when you're binging a series yeah. or whatever. Um, but you know, obviously, and I know it's in English, but it's also in Japanese, and they've meshed it in apparently really well. Mm. Um, so I haven't watched it yet, but it's definitely on my to watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 It turns out that queer eye is actually like end up having not an argument but a heated debate about people's like favorite queer eye members on the weekend oh mine's definitely tan i love tan i love tan if i i, I know everyone like anthony is is is, is cool in that but like i find I him I, I i like him he seems wholesome i'd love to hang out with him mm. um like jonathan is extra aff, but Mm. I, again, need him in small doses. Mm. Bobby is, like, just the wholesome teddy bear of the group, obviously. And, he's, and he does yeah. everything. He he's does all so the brilliant. damn renos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who, I mean, who, I've got Kramer, who's, Kramer. like, just a gangster. And I'm just, like, how, like, yes, I'm all about Kramer. So, yeah. oh, I like Tan just because he's, like, Pakistani. So I see yeah. a bit of representation yeah. on the screen. I do love that. And his hair is amazing. And he has the... I'm yeah. so into the fucking French tuck at the moment. Oh, man. Like, who I'll, isn't? Who isn't into the French tuck? Like, I went to this Time Out Awards. French tuk. The French tuk. Yeah. Um, I went to the, these awards yesterday, and I was with my <laughs> girlfriend, and I was like, I saw one guy rocking the tuck, and I was like, fuck, I didn't rock the tuck. I want to rock yeah, the tuck Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So, look, that's, yeah, I feel like you can, you just love it. I don't know which way you go with who's the favorite yeah. and stuff, but it's, it's hard up for to debate. Pick. Up I, just, I feel like the French tuck now, though, is like little, like, you know, like the secret code. Mm. You know, you used to have like a little tattoo or something. Sure, you're in the club. And you're in the club and you just, and you just walk away and you're like, he's took, he's took. He's Anyway, yeah, that's kind of, that's cool. where I've been at. What about, have we talked about you? No, we haven't. Oh, we haven't talked about we me. I'm shocked. About you. I'm shocked, guys. I'm shocked. Well, look, I'll keep it, <laughs> I'll keep it brief. I mean, mine are, um, mine is in terms of what I'm vibing. The other guy I've just watched all season one again, Matt O'Kine on Stan. Great Aussie show, TV show. Obviously, Stan have to do a set amount of Australian shows as well mm. um, as a streamer. They've got season two coming out this Friday, I think it is. Um, highly recommended. The first season. Did you watch? Did you watch this at all? No, it's I think you like it. What yeah. you should watch it. The other guy. It's basically like you know, it's very. Australian inner west lefty culture. Yeah. Like, you know, Matakine almost plays a real life, like, sort of like a dramatized version of himself. Parody of himself. Yeah. yeah and, you cool. know, like a lot of the people, like, he's, he's a radio host on the show in the first okay. season. He was on Triple J and stuff. Yeah. So, really good series, although it was, it got just so dark, like, like worryingly dark. Like, it relate, it was too relatable at times, you know, doing pregnancy mm-hmm. tests and drugs and breakups and all this shit. And you're like, this has a lot of potential, but either it, you know, Matakine is a comedian by mm. nature. So there were comedic moments and, um, you know, parts of the show, like Stevie, who's like his, you know, drunken drug best friend, who's, who was the best character in season one. Yeah. Brings the lighter situations, you know, makes it a bit funny, but it sort of like felt like it didn't know if it wanted to be a comedy or like a dramedy or a drama. And a lot of that meant that it just became at times you're like, oh, like it's a bit full on. Yeah. And you didn't know you went to watch a show and you know when you know if you're going to watch, you know, like a funny show, like a sitcom, you know you're going to get a light watch, you watch Seinfeld Friends whatever, it's going to be chill. Yeah. And you know if you're going to watch like The Godfather on Stan or like, you know, um Sopranos or mm. whatever it is, you're getting a bit of a deep of like Breaking Bad. You know what you're getting. This one it was like you put it on, you knew what you were getting, but you honestly sometimes it just took down this literally dark rabbit hole where you're like I wasn't really ready for that. So, I know? love that, though. That's the thing, like, uh, because I'm a masochist. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, 
have you seen Please Like Me? Yeah, like I like Please Like Me. Okay. So so and and I know you watch Bojack. So mm, love Bojack. So those are both I Similar. think shows that have that vibe yeah. where it's mm. like you think you're going into a comedy gets very dark and you do have to yeah. confront up to things. But you think this is I think well look I think take Bojack if people are watching Bojack you know again yeah. animated show but it never really meant to, it was I felt like the funny stuff in Bojack was like quite it wasn't like slapstick yeah, it yeah. was like smart witted hints of humor mm. whilst with Matt O'Kine with this show the other guy I was like some of them is about drug like funny drug shit and I'm like. Okay, like if it's like a smart hack, like backhanded compliment, you're like, ha, that's funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, fucking classic. You know, so like they're yeah. the ranges of laugh that, you know, I'm like, mm, like pick and choose. Like yeah. it'll be interesting to see because they've got a lot of the original cast back for season two. And from what I heard, the season, like season one flopped a bit from ratings and stuff. Mm. So I think writing could be on the wall if it doesn't perform. And obviously we've got Disney Plus and people got more options now. So touch wood, let's see how how it goes but i do recommend people watch season one before season two comes out um that was that's all yeah suss it out it's on stan um then in terms of my tunes for recently um love is not enough by miami horror one of my favorite bands really cool funky disco vibe the weekend just released a song called heartless Uh, yeah no i I haven't heard it yeah it's I don't, look, I love I love like Abel as a guy, and he seems like a fun dude. Yeah. But I fuck, I love when he gets heartbroken. Eh? Like he just oh, comes up. He just knows. He just I don't know, and he's got yeah. this new persona now. He's like this older disco funky guy, yeah. and I love how he just commits yeah. to like the the <laughs> brand of each like album. Like he's either a you know, bit of a dick, or he's yeah. like you know this pompous idiot, or he's this confident guy, and he's really ro- runs with his personas mm. in the albums, which I think is like so good to see from like a musical. I totally agree. It's yeah. just it just becomes captivating to watch. And like, you know, remember he, during his last album, Starboy, yeah. he was like, you know, this ignorant, like, you know, I, I'm just here and I make music and you fucking listen to it. Yeah. And this one sort of had that vibe to it. And it's just like, fuck, here I am, you know, watching. I was watching a show. He did a live performance of it on, I think it was Stephen Colbert. In this, oh, yeah. and, and he didn't even come out. He did it all in the back. He, his performance wasn't on the show. It was like he was in the back entrances and started like, walking around backstage. Wow. And it was like really oh, shot really well and stuff. Yeah. And it was so cool. Um, so I think, you know, he's like one of the only guys who I think could do something like that. I, so. I reckon there's a limited number of people who are willing to take those kinds of off the wall chances. And oh he's yeah. One of them. And he can, you can afford to do it when you're bigger as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, yeah. And then the last one is I've, I just got an audible membership. So yes. I have it for a couple of months and I'm looking for book suggestions. So listeners hit us up. Let us know some of your book suggestions. We'll st- chuck something on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, see where we go from there. But in saying that, we've got a lot to cover, so let's jump right into topic one, and Amila, yeah. it's been a pretty spicy one. It has been a... Well, I think even the question of whether or not it's spicy is mm, up for debate, okay. so I think that in itself leads to the spiciness of the topic. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, we are talking about our mate JT, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's it's, an, it's been everywhere this story yeah so okay for those of you who don't know um justin timberlake has recently come under fire for uh, an incident mm. and i put the word incident in heavy air quotes um but an incident that happened involving his co-star uh, alicia wainwright um they're in a film together coming up called palmer so they were seen um out on a balcony outside a bar, both kind of drunk, holding hands, um, and she apparently had her arm resting on his inner mm, thigh. Yeah. And um, this has caused like a public furor. 
um, JT has posted a public apology, apology. on his Instagram mm-hmm. to his beautiful wife, Jessica Beale. In the apology, he says that he displayed a strong lapse in judgment, should have known better, and um, he doesn't want to set this kind of example for his son. Mm. Um, look, I don't know about you, Gordon, but like that kind of language, I'm thinking, you know, he's like whipped something out and done a helicopter in it like in public, Mm. or he's done something abhorrent, but he was holding hands with a co-star, like, at a bar. I personally feel like this is a huge media beat-up about nothing, Um, and frankly, something that isn't really our business, because, you know, what is acceptable for someone to do um, in terms of physical affection outside of their relationship that for me is a question that you decide like with a partner. It's not really anyone else's business whether mm. what you've done is appropriate or inappropriate. And as far as I know, Jessica Beale hasn't come out and said anything unless I've missed it. Yeah, look, I from what I know, and look, it's it's such an interesting one to unpack because I think so many people are on both camps here. Yeah. From what I've seen online, comments on it. We did some stuff on a podcast at 5Y recently. We spoke about the same thing. People were both on the side of like what you're saying, like no problems, it's a bit of a beat up or good. Then some people are like, actually, you know what? Like this is, this is problematic. His behavior is problematic. And I've watched the video. I've watched like a couple of videos, um, you know, from all the different leaks that came out. JT is proper stonewall drunk. He is like immovable object type of drunk. And look, I get it. It happens. You're yeah. on set of a, of a movie, you have a few bevies, with the co-star or whatever. And I find it interesting that we haven't heard from her. Like, we haven't heard yeah. anything from her either, which is super interesting. Um, and I'm almost going, okay, like, it's, you know, and I guess what we're, we're trying to pull from it is what are the rules? If Are there rules when it comes to, like, intimacy and PDA and all this type of things? Because, you know, I know that if I was to say, if I was in the same situation and, you know, like, I was holding hands with some random, like, a friend of mine, who, you know, and I was drunk and whatever else, you know, I feel like I would feel pretty bad in the in the aftermath, you know, of that yeah. incident. But that's probably because I know what the relationship is like between me and my current girlfriend, right? Exactly. And I know, she, you know, she'd probably be upset. And, you know, people that I speak to in the same situation feel like they would also probably be upset knowing that, you know, there is that understanding of what your relationship is like. Yeah. I think you make a good point <clears throat> around the fact that it's like, you know, we... You know, Jessica Biel hasn't come out and said anything. Look, who knows what it's really like. We can only speculate a little yeah. bit, I guess. But you make a good point around, I think, that this idea that we have some sort of, you know, right to know what the rules are in their relationship. Like, you know, of course, they're in the public light. They're massive celebrities. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to speculate as we are right now. Yeah. But you make that interesting point, right, where it's, is it really our business? Whether it's, a, you know, I guess a couple like Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake or our mates, mates of ours or friends of ours where something like this is happening, like suppose you went out and, you know, we're at a bar and you you saw me holding hands with some girl but you knew I was dating my girlfriend. Mm. It's almost like, is that then your responsibility? Like, do you have responsibility to say something? You know what I mean? Or do you have responsibility? Do you know what their, your, you know, that couple's arrangements are? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think um, that I necessarily have a responsibility to, you know, again like I don't think 
we can extract any really clear set of rules. Because I think at the end of the day, this is relationships. This stuff is fluid. This stuff is between people. It's about how you interact with a partner, with your friends, like how close you are to people. So taking your example, if I saw you holding hands with someone else at a bar, would I then go and tell your girlfriend? I mean, I wouldn't because I'm not particularly close to her. I don't, I'm not going to mm. intervene in your, in your lives, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, if Scotty was in the same position as me, maybe it would be a different thing. Mm. Maybe it wouldn't. Like, I think actually, like, what I would do is probably talk to you about mm. it. And I'd say, hey, mate, like, you were holding hands with mm. someone who I've never seen before, looked mm. kind of shady. Um, what's, what's the deal? Like, are you, yeah. are you... Are you being dodgy, friend? Are you being dodgy? And I think that's... And I would, yes, just just like put my disappointment on you. Really exude it on your face to me. Um, (laughs) I think what's interesting around this as well is that, like, when JT put out that apology, right? Yeah. Which was interesting to say the least. I mean, I find it so fascinating that PR companies don't... Do they not... Do they approve this stuff? Like writing it on the phone and all this stuff? I want to say something about this apology, Mm. right? Because that, to me... Is like, I read an article about this as well, um, like an opinion piece, where it was like, we all know this apology is not to Jessica Biel. Mm. This, who's this apology for? It's yeah. for people who have become invested in this story. Like, and, and honestly, like, it disappoints me the way that he's written it, right? Like, I think one of the things that I find disappointing and troubling about this whole situation is the way that it normalizes um, what's okay. Like it's sort of decreeing what's okay, like between friends versus between lovers, right? Mm. So like the idea that he should have known better than to hold someone's hand. Like I hold hands with my friends all the time. I'm like constantly half naked around them. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah. Why why should we reinforce the idea that like holding hands with someone is a bad thing? Mm. Um I think that's it. I'm gonna jump in because I think that's another interesting point around what like the idea of like touch, for yeah. example, is been very shrouded, very controversial. Uh, and you know, the society norms perceive it in one way, right? Like in yeah. this instance, we've seen that holding hands, putting your leg hand on someone's thigh is perceived as, you know, if you do that, I would feel confident in saying that major- most people potentially might think that's just sign of affection, mm. right? But like you said earlier, it's almost like you have to understand the relationship between yeah. certain people to understand what those metrics are, right? Some and it can be a sign of affection without also being a sign. Like a romantic sign. Yeah. Mm. It can be romantic without being sexual. Yeah. It can be romantic without carrying anything bigger. Like, the fact that it's become this huge media blow up that requires a public apology, that to me is the bonkers part, right? Mm. Um, I think it would have been, I would have been um, happier if, you know, and maybe this is not appropriate, but I would mm. have been happier if JT had come out and said, look, this is a friend. We were just, you know, having a casual, like, friendly moment, like a romantic friendly moment, but it doesn't mean anything. Please stay out of my business. Mm. Um, And I think he he said that, right? He came out saying nothing happened between us. Yeah, he did say that. And I felt like, yeah, it was 
you know, from what I made of the apology, I mean, firstly, I found it interesting that he had to put it out in the first place. Exactly. It's obviously just a PR thing. He's like, shut people up, get this story out of the news cycle totally. ASAP. Yeah. And just say it because then people will speculate why you're not saying anything. Then they'll think there's trouble at home and then TMZ will be reporting mm-hmm. on it. And I think that was the idea with the apology, right? It was just some shit, get it out ASAP, you know, publish like publish it and whatever. And we can just bury the hatchet. Yeah, Yeah, bury the hatchet as soon as possible. Um, Because he doesn't really, besides saying nothing happened, he doesn't say anything else really. He just, he says more about his behavior, which I think if anything is the most problematic thing, personally, on a very personal opinion, about this video. Like the guy, I don't care who you are, like you're, if you're JT famous, Mm. you know you're in the public eye, there is a level of responsibility that comes with that, right? Like when you're that like famous. And he has, but because, you know, he's influencing other people. And look, the friends, yeah. the touching people and stuff like that's fine. When he, the guy is like literally like unbelievably just drunk on the thing. And I'm yeah. like looking at it going, okay, like you have a responsibility to, you know, just be a bit more appropriate. Like I'm not talking like, oh, he's just having a dance around and Maybe being an idiot. anything like the level to which he was drunk was a problem, you know, because. That... Well, I'm surprised people, put it this way. I'm surprised people don't talk about that more. Yeah. Then, you yeah. know, the thing that's coming up, and look, I get it. It makes sense. You get the clicks because mm. people want to know about the relationship and stuff. Um, and, I, and I think people, I think ultimately it comes down to this idea that we, it's hard to, it's easy to naturally judge straight away on the t- things like this. Mm. Um, like, you know, for example, if this happened to you and people were talking about it, you'd be like, okay, well, this is normal for me. Yeah, exactly. But say if it happened to me, it wouldn't be normal for me, perhaps. Do you know what I mean? So that's just from two instances where we don't know what the relationship yeah. is like between him and his wife yeah. in this instance. And what I was going to say is, honestly, like, I've been in this, well, not with paparazzi on me, but <laughs> in this exact situation um, before where I've been drunk and holding hands with, you know, friends um, who I might, you know, mm. like I'm kind of like in a in an intimate relationship with. Yeah. Um, when I've been in a monogamous relationship, right? right. So, like, it's... I think at the end of the day, the point that I'm making is that every relationship stands on its own two feet and everyone's figuring it out between themselves. So it bothers me that you have this kind of huge reaction to something that's like, should just be figured out between between two people. All right, Emilio, moving right along to our second big topic for this week. Um, And it's about a story around Aladdin, the popular blockbuster film. Have you heard heard about this film? Have I heard about Have you heard about Aladdin? Aladdin? It's been a small little project by Disney. Yeah, it's a very minor thing. And look, to give you a bit of an idea of how how minor this Mm. uh, whole production was, you know, I'm surprised it wasn't released straight to DVD, but... um, here are a few of the stats from, from give, the film in, the tw- in 2019. Um, what, I'm going to try and read this number. $1,050,693,953 at the global box office. That it's, is a number. It's a, it's a number. Um, you know, $33 million in DVD sales. Third biggest remake in history based on revenue. So, like, you know, movies have been done again. 35th biggest film in worldwide box office history. Small, small film. Um, but one of the main stars of the film who is Mina Masood. He played Aladdin in the film, was like one of the only actors of colour in a film about the Middle East, essentially. <laughs> Found interesting. Um, and, and that's actually worse than the original. Yeah, no, that's the original <laughs> point. And I think, look, the, 
the idea of, I guess what we want to talk about here is he, he basically gave an interview recently with the Daily Beast and he spoke about um, this idea of success perception. Uh, and I'll read you the quotes here initially. Um, he says, basically, I'm kind of tired of staying quiet about it. I want people to know that it's not always dandelions and roses when you're doing something like Aladdin. He must have made millions, etc., etc. He must be getting all these offers. It's none of these things. I haven't had a single audition since Aladdin came out, which is an interesting one. And I mean, look, wow. you can take that down so many different routes. I think, you know, the, the, the argument or the discussion around, you know, people of color and auditions is maybe a chat for another day. But, mm -hmm. you know, he goes on to add, it's like I'm sitting here being like, okay, Aladdin just hit 1 billion. Can I at least get an audition? I'm not expecting to be like the next Batman, but can I just get in a room? Can you just give me a chance? So it's not always what you think. And, you know, this is super interesting because, you know, I guess he makes a point of like, you know, you think Aladdin, big hit, reading out some of those numbers before you go, this guy For must sure. be making bank and he must be getting, you know, auditions left, right and center. He probably doesn't even, does he even need to audition? He just gets yeah. straight casted into a movie, straight into TV series. And he's about, it's actually just about to wrap up filming, I think, on a series at the moment, which was locked in before Aladdin though. Oh, so wow. that hasn't had any effect on his cut on his casting for that year. So know? what after that he's just Yeah, look, I mean obviously I we we don't know the scope scope of what he's got lined up sure, and stuff. But obviously he wouldn't be talking like this if there wasn't such a big issue for him. And what I wanted to talk about is this idea around like success and what it means for people. Because I do think it does look different for everyone. Like in a grand scale, you can't just paint it all with one brush. Mm. And you know, he's come out saying this stuff around, you know, he can't get an audition. And, you know, on the outside looking in, you probably think successful guy, doing well, massive blockbuster hit, life's great for you, like everything's going well, fuck, I wish it was that easy for me. And then on the other side, you're like, actually like, well, sure, it looks like maybe to the whole public. And look, to be honest, if you, I didn't read these quotes, I probably maybe even think the same thing. I'm thinking, okay, he must be getting, he must be starting to get a bit of a profile now. He's this is big break movie. No one really heard of him before this. This yeah, was his opportunity. But now he's on the cusp of like not having any, or I'm sure not, maybe not not having any work, but certainly struggling to find further, uh, you know, work in the film industry. Um, so like, I mean, I'm keen to get your thoughts and like what you think around this idea that, you know, you can, people can think you're successful, can think that you're doing well, but it's not always, in fact, can often be not the case. Yeah, I think that is, is a pretty common story, to be honest. Like, um... I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have picked it necessarily in the film industry, but I know for sure that it's a really common thing in the music industry. Mm. I remember reading, I think, an article um, or an interview with FKA Twigs a while back where she was talking about being on the front cover of Vogue and she's ringing up her dad to, like, ask to borrow some money <laughs> for food. Crazy. And he's like, but, you know, you sh surely you're doing great. Mm. Like, you're on the front cover of Vogue. But that doesn't always translate into actually being, you know, being able to make it on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing that sort of blew my mind, um, I, uh, I went to this, like, crazy full-on guitar camp a couple of years ago. Mm. And one of our like favorite musicians was there this guy called Devin Townsend um amazing like musician who's been kicking around mm -hmm. for ages and he was really frank and open about how much money he makes you know after all the band members are paid yeah yep. and he makes less money than I do mm. and that's a real you know when you meet one of your it's a shock heroes factor. and you find out 
like, oh, I'm actually doing better off in some way than mm. you are. That's kind of crazy, right? Mm. But I think this is a this is also a um, a symptom of the world that we live in now, and so much of our sense of how the world works is regulated by social media, is regulated mm. how people by people presenting kind of their best selves totally. um, in the way that you know in the ways that we're able to read them, and so it is really easy to get this idea that someone's doing great. Um, you know, someone's doing really successfully and hitting all the right notes when actually things are not that good. So I know one of the things that I try to do is to be kind of um, open and transparent about my mental health on social media from time mm. to time, right? Of course, of course. Because um, I think in some senses we do have a bit of a responsibility to kind of own up to, like, how things are actually going and not always presenting that, like you know, beautifully filtered. Yeah, rose-coloured, rose, you know, yeah, vibe, rose whatever. Yeah, and I think that's super, like, I mean, I would say that's pretty, not necessarily common, but, like, people have their ways of projecting mm. themselves on social. And I think you're right. I totally echo those thoughts, especially, you know, like, to give you an, an example of my personal experience is that, you know, running a business and, you know, doing all that I'm doing. I often, like, you know, like I said, went to this event last night and met one guy I haven't seen for a while in the media industry. He's like, oh, Gordo, mate, you're... See, you're killing it. And I met a family member there. She's like, oh, you're, you're smashing it out of the park. And I was like, oh, yeah, look, not, yeah, it's all right. It's not too bad. Like, it's a struggle and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, nah, nah, you're killing it. You're killing it. You're destroying it. It's so good. And I was like, you don't fucking know me. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of those things is, I feel like a lot of the time people think that because I have a pretty good social media presence a lot of the time. Yeah. And the fact that it is very positive, it's very sort of like, you know, it, I try to be as inspirational as I can. And half of that is because I am running a business and I want the business to be successful. <laughs> so, you know, you want to promote that you're doing well and that you're signing deals and that you're getting heaps of good traction and stuff yeah. like that because you want people to see that that will then maybe work with you. So there's there's that element of it all. And I just think it's like, you know, a lot of the time it's so true that you try and paint yourself in that light. Mm. But then, you know, there's no wonder we have are starting to talk about mental health so often because you paint yourself with that, with that brush. And if you don't have the channels internally, mates, friends, family, whatever, counsellors to talk to about those things that are actually stressing you out, like, you know, finances can, you know, I might have a great social media presence, but it doesn't mean my finances are going well and I've got rent under control and I've got all the other stresses of life sorted. Or by contrast, you know, like you might be rolling in cash but they're not actually having time to totally. give to, you know, the personal relationships in your life, um, you know, or, or like actually having, you know, friendships that will support you. Mm. I think that's, that's the thing is that success is different for everyone and it's a many-headed beast. And while you might be doing really well in one area, there's always going to be something that's uh, that needs a little more love and attention, right? Mm. And it's like it comes back to a lot of that common cliche, right? Where it's like you think the people, what is it? It's like something along the lines. You think the people that are doing well, are, you know, fine and have their mental health all sorted and everything like that, but they're often yeah. the ones that need it the most. And I think that's so pivotal, like you know, in terms of just being there for your mates and stuff yeah. like that, touching base, going back into this mental health chat, and you know, like you look at someone like Mina Masood who's on. Latin, you know, mm -hmm. same type of thing, right? You look at him, and you go, okay, cool. He's he's doing well for himself. Like mm -hmm. he's got some opportunities, and he's just had a big breakout film. Like that's great. Um, but you know, he's come out. He imagine what he's actually feeling like. He yeah. would have he wouldn't have said it all to a publisher. He would have given you a taste, and you can only imagine 
what he's feeling like going through that, right? I like, can't imagine the incredible self-doubt that you would have thinking like, oh, but, you know, it looks like I've made it and everyone thinks that I've made it, but I don't have anything to back it up. The the imposter syndrome oh, that you would feel yes. would be. It would be so deep. Like, it would be so deep. And I think that's something that, you know, I think you, I think imposter syndrome for me, it sounds dirty and dark and deep and stuff mm. and you don't want to be associated with it. But then, you know, personally, like I think about it even just like right now and I'm like, fuck, am I doing that myself? Yeah. And it makes you go, shit, like that's like a dark turn to take a lot of the times when you're going, am I faking it and yeah. not making it at all in a really bad way? <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, it's a, look, it's a, I don't want to make it too sort of like negative in that sense in that it's, you know, they're real feelings that people have. Right. So I think it's, you know, when it comes, to, I would say it's a suggestion for people as well that when you sort of view people, I think it's just like be open to that idea that, you know, even the, uh, on the outset, it may look mm. rose-colored glasses or whatever the cliche is. There often is like that further element of like what's actually, what's going on beyond that, you know, that's yeah. actually affecting that person or like how is it, you know, what's the role that's going on and, you know, stuff like that. And I think like I, I know that um... – I don't know, maybe not everyone is across Brene Brown and the stuff that she mm. said about vulnerability, but I do think that that is a really important thing to um, to consider at least embracing in your life because I do think when you are vulnerable with people, you do learn more about what's going on and, you know, like we've we got to help each other out, mm. man. Like there's, there's no point in setting yourself up as being super successful if that's not actually the case, right? You need to be building connections and, and, mm. and making connections to people like for your life to be better. Oh yeah. And I think when you said around sort of like this idea of vulnerability, it's like such a cliche keyword at the moment. I like know, yeah. I worry about it at times. Like it's like math, toxic masculinity, which yeah, you talked yeah, about yeah. one of the earlier apps. Like it's a thing that everyone's like, you're hearing a lot about it, but I hope it just doesn't get lost in like the cliche shit we get. I know, into that's stuff. the worst thing about like when some good idea yeah. gets like picked up into the tornado of pop culture mm. and, uh, oh and it's like it's in like but... dank meme groups yeah, and shit yeah. and you're like oh funny but i don't know what the actual meaning of this yeah. is but and i think that's where i think you can find like obviously you gotta have your good circles around you and stuff like that and you know i think you know you have a good set of mates circles when you can you know going back to when we we're talking about with your breakup like you yeah. know that you can get on the phone with them and get them to come over and even though you know one of your mates who you know couldn't offer that emotional support that vulnerability perhaps is you know still there to provide you with something or you can at least have that initial contact and maybe you can slowly work away at, yeah. at that sort of vulnerability side of things and i remember when i sort of started to get into this whole vulnerability thing about maybe three or four years ago coincidentally when i was running the started running the business mm. was you know a lot of it takes you know, it does take a bit of commitment, right? It does take you to, you oh, got to yeah. put it's yourself out there. It's not yeah. going to feel nice, yeah. which I think is like, when I talk to a lot of mates, it's like, you know, they just laugh it off. Mm. And it's like, I feel you're hurting, but it's like, you need to, you need to be willing to, I guess, put that first, you know, place marker down and be like, all right, cool. Here's, here I am. This is me. And it's the same thing with this success stuff, right? Like mm. it's not a comfortable thing to express that, you know, maybe things don't look as good as they are sorry maybe things aren't as good as they, they look as yeah they look yeah um but you know i think ultimately it's more like now that you know he's come out and said i haven't had a single audition maybe people will be like ah oh, shit we thought we couldn't get him for yeah me. i mean maybe it's a great pr stunt <laughs> by him being a suit but i think and i think 
like the whole idea around, you know, people who, you know, when it comes to your career, mm. you know, people who want to have a, I think that's often a marker, right? For mm. success. You talk about success and you go, you often almost naturally just go career. Mm. Am I'm defined a lot of the time by my career? You know, am I doing a good job? Am I getting paid a certain amount of money? Am I, yeah. and I think that's like just like such a fundamental issue. Like that's just like another thing to talk about. But, yeah. you know, that issue of like people feeling really defined by their career, and, you know, a lot of the time you don't want to be the person going, fuck, I'm in debt and I'm 35, you yeah. know, like whilst it can be re- a reality or, you know, I'm running a business and, you know, we've, when we were at a, the previous co-working space, you know, we saw some businesses get torn up from the inside out and oh, you're going, God, yeah. you know, how, how much do these guys be feeling? Like, I mean, all of a sudden your career's tossed up and, you know, you don't know right, what to you do. You might have this hanging over your head for the rest of your life. I think that's the thing though, right, is that you need to um, – have a way of not making your entire life your career mm. because it's a fickle thing. It's not, it's, it's within your control to an extent, but there's always stuff you need to have that balance to make sure that you not, you aren't too invested in one thing that if that falls away, all the rest of your life falls to shit. Mm-mm. That's a terrible precarious situation to be in. Yeah. And I w- if I were to sort of like to wrap it up, suggest one thing that people can do proactively is that, you know, if you are meeting a mate for the first time in a while, if you see them or if you yeah. talk to them or, you know, whatever instance that you meet this person or a friend, is that don't take it on face value. Don't always, and I think that's a theme of the podcast in recent weeks, is like don't mm. always take it for the surface level. Um, you know, people can be doing great, but if you gen- if you generally give a fuck about them, maybe just, you don't have to, I'm not saying ask them their full life story, but just maybe get a bit more details off them. Just delve a little deeper. Delve a little deeper, just on to be on the, like the surface and just see if you can pull anything out. Because I think that's when conversations, number one, become really meaningful. Yeah. And you both, I think people underestimate as well. They think, oh, I don't want to do a favor for someone I don't really care about. It's like, all right, fine. If you don't care about them, move on. Yeah. But like, if you do, and if you do legitimately care about them, I think the onus is on you yeah. to ask a few of those questions as well. Absolutely agree. Couldn't have put it better myself. Okay, good. So we are going to wrap things up now with another little wrap up, I think. Another wrap. Another wrap. So Spotify wrapped has been absolutely all over my social feed. All over IG stories. Oh my God. Bloody does not stop. Yeah. And I've just been watching everyone's like, everyone's just, you know, humble bragging about how good their music taste is. Of course. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Like, you know, here's the data that, you know, proves that I'm, my music tastes are better than yours. Um, yeah, so are you, you all over yours? Like? I'm, I mean, fucking earth, of course I am. I mean, I got mine, I think they did it for like only like a day or two, like when it was on Spotify's app. Like you, you would have seen it, right? Yeah. So did I, you see um, it? well, I, I did see it. Um, I don't actually use Spotify as what? my main. Yeah. Wait, you don't use Spotify or you don't have like premium? I don't have premium. So sometimes... So you're a pleb. Some No, 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 no. Ah. So here's... I'm not a pleb because okay. I have been stealing my ex's Apple Music subscription and not paying a cent. Oh, you're one of, you're one of these <laughs> ones. I <laughs> see. One of those. Try and play a game. Mm-hmm. I've got Apple Replay, so it kind of does the same thing for 2019. Okay, so like a similar vibe, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought maybe we could try and guess each other's like top. Okay, you want to make it a friendly wager after our Aria bets? You know, I'm coming off a win here. I'm coming off a win. You're coming off a win, but I think I've got musical nows that can, you know, go head-to-head with 
our friend Scott Singh. Scott Singh, okay, yeah, he so, would be one to put this type of wager on the bet. All right, well, look, how are we going to do this? I'm going to get my Spotify out, and you're going to essentially, uh-huh. what, I'm going to give you clues you give or something clues. like that? All right. You give me clues get for, my your, for your top artists, Okay. and, and I'm just going to get one guess. Okay, so you get one guess. I've got my top, I'm slowly getting my top five up here, and... I'm going to give you clues, and yeah. then you get one guess, only one guess, to guess what artist it is. I'm screwing myself here. Okay, yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. because then, obviously, like, you know, we'll, let's see how you go. Let's because see th- how I mean, look, it. if you, maybe if you get more right, then I get more right. Maybe it's, this is, has to be a permanent spot maybe. on the body. Maybe, maybe it's trends and things with Gordon and Amilla, <laughs> as opposed to Scotty. Fight to the death in his absence. Okay, well, here we go. All right, well, let's kick it off. I'll go with my first... I'll, I'll work backwards what, to my five, five to one, yeah, my fifth most played artist of the year. Okay, uh, first clue, I am a very mixed love type of guy. Some people like me, some people hate me. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy, I'm a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I love supporting an, a specific NBA team. Uh, <laughs> you know, the symbol of my brand is like a fucking owl. Uh, I'm Canadian. Oh, Drake. Drake. Okay, okay there we go. You cool. got there. I, yeah. I think that was about five or six tips. So that's like borderline. That, you took okay. your. Okay, I took my sweet time. You took your sweet time. It. You got it. You I, got it. I was just waiting for the right moment. Yeah. Okay. You got it. You got it. Yeah. All right. Here's number four. I don't. This one you're gonna struggle. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Strugs. Again, I'm a male. I'm a rapper. Also a rapper. I'm also from the states. Uh, summer. I just released. A new album. One of the songs on the album was called Joke Ting, funnily enough. Oh. And I recently had a bit of a, almost like a posthumous uh, beef with Mac Miller on no, Instagram. Me. I know Joke Ting, but I don't, I can't. You know the song. I but know you, the song. Yeah. And you got no idea, do you? Gold Link is yeah. number four. Great little artist out of the States. Yeah. All right, so you're one for number one. Number four artist. Number four artist, yeah, number four artist. Yeah. All right, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a drummer by definition a lot of the time. I also like, I am also a singer. I sing a mix of R&B, soul, uh, and a bit of groove. Uh, I have a nose ring, or it might be a, I don't know, what. what's the one in the middle? Septum piercing. Septum. I have a septum piercing. I think I also have a normal piercing. Uh-huh. Um. I play in a band when I play live shows. It's me and something. Uh, And some of my musical call to fames is a song, one song particularly called Bubblin', really big hit. And I'm I'm trying to think. uh, Dude, uh, obviously uh, I've got nothing. Nothing? I've got nothing. Anderson Pack. Oh, see, I'm, yeah, see, that, like, that's the thing, I should, Tragic. it's a big, big black hole. Big black hole for you. Okay, well, I look, know, you're, you're one for three, for you're one like, for three now. Now this so is on a podcast. It's, it's on history, it's in history. Oh, All right, let's go number two, mm. which I honestly don't think I have a hope in hell for, but let's roll with it. Um, <laughs> You, this band, I, we, we're a band, we play in a three-piece, we're from the UK, specifically mm-hmm. England. Yeah. Uh, we make very sort of uh, Hawaiian-esque disco rock type of vibe. 
Uh, it's okay. very chill. It's very, very chill. Nothing offensive. It sort of would get played on Triple J, but it's a bit neat. They're a bit, we're a bit niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we played at Splendor in the Grass this year. Oh, okay. Um, and we did some side shows in Sydney, which I, myself, Gordon, attended, along with Scott. Um, and they have released three albums. I think this is their third album now. They're, one of their first songs was Skeleton Boy, Hawaiian Air. Uh, jump in the pool is probably their biggest. Friendly, so friendly fires. Yes, I was there like, you go. I've been thinking friendly fires for like the last thirty seconds, and I but I just wouldn't have described them as Hawaiian disco. Look, rock. I just heard. I just thought Hawaiian Air was one of their songs, and they saw right. a bit groovy. So I don't want to give away too See, many. I think of them as like dance tropical, rock. Tropical, tropical dance rock. Dance rock. Oh, so it's Hawaiian. That's oh, tropical oh, dance man. rock. Shit. All right, you're, you're two for four so, here, so you're 50%. 50%. So this is really the final one. <laughs> this is what it all comes down to. All right, oh, my shit. the number one act, that, or number one artist, yeah. uh, it's a duo. Okay. Also resonating, I believe, from the UK. Yeah. Uh, we're known for more of a house music and sort of upbeat vibe. Oh, fucked. Uh, and one would say that we're almost more producers than music, okay. than yeah. full-on, you know, artists maybe yeah, or like yeah. singers or anything like that uh we've rose to global acclaim despite only being very young they must be in their early 20s um and some of their songs have featured some of the most popular contemporary pop yeah. artists including sam smith uh yeah. having just written a song for khalid oh, uh and i'm playing field day we are playing field day this year no this is not I'm, and I'm like... like i don't know what else to give you i mean Latch was one of my... No, that's not going to help me. It's like... Oh, know, my goodness. Sam Smith, Lord was on one of our albums. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah and yeah. their, you know, Ultimatum is my favourite song of recent Disclosure. Range. There we go. Yeah. I don't know if that counts because you you need... I need to basically spell, spell out the word. What, from the moment that you said, like, producers rather... It's like... It's like I have this secondary bank of knowledge, which is like the bank of music that I am exposed to. You're exposed, yeah, to. I feel that. So it's like, um, yeah, so I've listened to a lot of Disclosure this year, mm. but it hasn't necessarily been my... Sure, and I agree because I have, they haven't released any new things this year, Yeah. but in saying that, they've got, I, they're in like all my playlists, so all my regular yeah. playlists, they get a shout out for. So yeah. look, we'll give you 2.5. I feel like that was all a right, 5 to finish. Fair. That's, you, that's, fair. that's You're that's about fair. 50%. Yeah. To yeah. wrap up the pod, let's do, let's see if all I can right. beat yours here. Okay. Have I'm I got just... a chance? <sighs> Yeah, there's one that's just no fucking way you get. <laughs> um, I reckon you can have a decent crack at the other four. I mean, the the number one, if you've like, okay. paid attention to me as a person, you should oh, be able goodness, to get. Goodness me. So I'm, okay. I'm thinking All right. probably not. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, okay. This is a weird list. It's, it is, I feel like it's more representative of my overall life music taste than mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. But number five is um, a band from the UK. Mm -hmm. um, some would call them Britpop, but I reckon they've, you know, become a lot more experimental than that over time. Okay. Um, Frontman's got a gimpy eye and, uh, and released an exciting uh, solo album this year that, that came along with a Netflix video special called Anima. Um, which I highly recommend watching while high. <laughs> um, 
Arctic Monkeys? No. Okay, I was like, okay, that's my guess. That's your guess. Is it my guess? Yeah, I think it's my guess. guess. I honestly was like, I guess it wasn't. I just thought that old mate, what was his name? Alex Turner. Mm. Did. I was like, was it that last, last album? It was basically his own solo album, the last mm. album. Yeah, true, true. Hotel, true, true. whatever yeah, it was no. called. Uh, much older mate than that, um, so oh. Radiohead. Oh, okay. This is, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have. Got All right. Okay. It. So look, the great start one, for me. Um. Okay. What's the number four? The next one you should get like in a flash. Okay. Because uh, we, we both saw him live at the same time. Oh yeah. With a Gambino. Yeah. Okay. Too easy. I was waiting for Gambino to appear. I was. Yeah. I was mentally You're just like, going, which on, number? I'm gonna get one. Which number was it gonna be? <laughs> it's gonna be I was, in there. I was rating myself. Okay. So yeah. Gambino, Gambino. I'm back on one for one for on. two. Okay. I don't know if you'll get the next one. Okay. Um, she is a crazy lady um, who I have loved since I was like 16 years old. Um, she, oh man, she's from Iceland. Oh God. Um, she was in a band called the Sugar Cubes at the beginning of her career. Yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm, I'm trying to think of things to give to you. She has, um, one of her most famous songs is It's Oh So Quiet. Um, she opened the, opened or closed? She performed at one of the Olympic ceremonies, the Greek oh, Olympics. Right. How would you describe her music? Like, like, crazy. <laughs> um, she has an incredible voice, like a really strong powerful voice yeah look i don't love this one for me um, no. <laughs> like i'm just thinking robin but i'm like she's not crazy nah, and nah. i'm trying to go who else do i know who's like a like a like icelandic icelandic Icelandic's not helping me Icelandic's not helping me i could me. give you song names but i feel like that's not gonna help well i feel like i've already had my guess robin was my guess so what were the song names the jork is oh how the fuck did I not get that? York. Oh, that's that's embarrassing. Iceland's well, at least we've each got one. Oh, we've got one really bad one. One bad. All right, okay. All right, the next one you've got okay. like no snowball's chance. chance in hell. Okay, right. Really small um, Australian electronic outfit that um, that scored an al uh, sorry scored a film called Somersault. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is my second most... Yeah, it sounds interesting as a second choice. I have no idea. This is the one that I genuinely don't understand why right. it's there. Right. Give me some help with the name. Give me uh, some... Give I'm me just going to give you, like, as though we're playing Articulate. Mm. Um, so the first... Okay, the second the second word mm. is something you'd put on your finger. A ring. Yeah, so mm. that's the second word. The first word is, um, you know, the Enigma machine no okay i'm fine okay no 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 ring no 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 no, no. ring the first so if you were someone who had to go and look at a cipher puzzle mm. right if you had a puzzle in front of you and mm. you had to figure it out like using cryptography or mm. whatever what would you be doing okay the da vinci code ring no okay so what's the opposite of code what's the opposite of code yeah um decode yeah and if you were oh god <laughs> so bad if you were someone who was doing that you would be a uh 
Decoder, Decoder ring. ring. That's oh funny. my god, that was a no. Yeah, fair That's play. Terrible. Not a chance. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, no, there's no, no chance. No chance. But um, yeah, they've they've got some really nice like Mellow chill, beats. chill okay. electronic beats. Yeah, I see. I see. Um, well, let's wrap this up with number one. Number one. To see if I can somehow find some respect. Number one, like, absolutely my favourite, favourite female artist in the world at the moment. She is a Japanese-American woman who lives in New York. Um, her hit songs... Hit songs. Yeah. yeah, your best American girl. No, 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 no. I was gonna, okay, I was gonna be like, what? No, okay, okay. I'm holding it, I'm holding it. I was like, your okay. Best American girl, nobody. She had an album called Be the Cowboy. Um, the end part of her name is like something you would do in the snow. Ski. <sighs> yeah, do you know anyone that I like that ends with that? Oh, god, Japanese American. Japanese American. Her name's Miyawaki. Okay, no, no, no you chance. Got Who was it? Mitski. Oh, okay. Like I know Mitski, but that was no chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look, yeah. I've embarrassingly lost this um, guess I, off. I, I think so. Next week, presenting. Uh, is it, uh, do I, I get guess, kicked out? No, now? I think you get kicked out. I get out. kicked out. All right, so, guys, it's been yeah. great. Um, in Miller and Scott next week. Trends and things. David Scott Sing. See you with Sing. Well, look, we have been going for ages. Amila, thanks for being on the potty this week. We're going to have to wrap it up just about there. Uh, everyone who's been listening, thanks for joining us. Episode number four. Uh, make sure you go and follow us. If you're not, at Trends and Tings on Instagram. Search Trends and Tings on Facebook. Give us a like there. We're going to be putting some more content on the socials in the coming weeks. Next week, old mate, we'll be back. Uh, Scotty Singh to do a bit of a urine review special uh, for all the best trends and stuff that we thought were the biggest, the biggest topics yeah, the of trends 20, of the, the trends and things of the year, yeah. um, special Christmas edition. Um, so join us next week. Emila, thanks again for joining it. Hope you had a fun time. I did have a fun time. I mean, I'm, when, are you going to come back and be a special Please. guest host again? I'll be like knocking at the door. Yeah. Let me in, guys. We'll put it to an Instagram stories vote <laughs> to see if you're fake. Oh, <laughs> to really give you a success yeah, perception and vibe. Perception of success. <laughs> well, look, that's all we got time for, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Mila, thanks again. Catch ya. Bye.